You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting. In the middle of an election season in our city, it's easy to think that our electeds reflect our city. And to some extent, they do. But I think contemporary history shows us that few things really represent the face of a city more than law enforcement and the law enforcement community. Over the past quarter of a century, the city of Napa, even with all of its changes and challenges, is lucky to have been represented by folks like Dan Monez and Rich Melton and Steve Potter. Now a new era of law enforcement begins with our new police chief, Robert Plummer. He joins us from Las Vegas, where he spent 27 years on the Las Vegas Police Force and was most recently head of the Homicide and Sex Crimes Bureau. It is my pleasure to welcome our new police chief, Robert Plummer, to Napa Broadcasting. Chief, thanks so much for coming in. Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. It's great to have you here. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about kind of the the culture shock coming from Las Vegas to little old Napa. Yeah, you know, uh, well, one the the weather is much better here in Napa and uh, the desert heat, but this this weather is good for my skin. But Las Vegas <laughs> is, uh, but Las Vegas is a twenty four hour busy city, hustle and bustle, and uh, well, a lot of tourism. And a lot of similarities with Napa with the tourism aspect of things, but not the hustle and bustle. It's refreshing to see that about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, everything kind of just settles down in the city. And uh, I can kind of put my head down, not worry too much about what's going on because we have uh, not a lot going on in the city at the time. Well, it's, it's so interesting because when you talk about tourism, it, it kind of reminds me of the subject of traffic. It all mm-hmm. depends on your perspective. People talk here all the time about how much traffic there is. Right. And as one who spent 25 years in, in Los Angeles, it's hard for me to see this as traffic. Right. When you look at tourism here compared to what you saw in Vegas, right. it's hard to think that, that it's the same level of tourism, even though there's so much talk about tourism yeah. here. You know, there's, there's a difference. I mean, I was, I was talking at a class just today, and I was talking about the tourism numbers. Las Vegas uh, last year had 52 million tourists that came through the turnstiles in the airport in Las Vegas, which is a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, here I I understand it's close to eight to nine million people that come to Napa. So in comparison, yeah, it's not the same, but I think for the size of Napa and the city that it is, eight to nine million people coming through the city of Napa is quite a, um, an impact on the city. And uh, it's refreshing to see that folks that come here really come here to have a good time. And not a knock on Las Vegas, but, you know, that old adage, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Folks kind of out there get a little par- little party hungry and, and kind of uh, – Take it to the extreme at times. Right. Uh, we're here in Napa, I've seen, just being out and about, that folks are really here to have a good time, enjoy the wine, but enjoy each other, and it doesn't, doesn't seem to seem to be that same type of crowd. Well, one of the things that's happened here in Napa, and I'm, I'm sure you've talked about this and seen this, is that tourism, there's a different level of tourism. I mean, there are people that come here for the day, but people that are staying over, I mean, the room rates here compared to the room rates in Vegas right. are very different. Yeah, they are. They, you know... There's there's very few really high end hotels here. I mean they have them, but they're not like in Las Vegas where every every strip resort is uh, three or four thousand large. So um, the tourism that I've come in contact with, the tourists I've come in contact with here, really have a different um, uh, mindset. They're really here just to kind of relax, get away from the city. A lot of them, like you said, come from the Bay Area, San Francisco, or Oakland, just trying to get away from the hustle and bustle of the big city and come to a smaller, more relaxed uh, environment, which uh, seems Napa has to offer. From a law enforcement perspective, what are the issues that surround tourism that, that you're aware of? I mean, A, from the Vegas experience, but just in general, a city right. that has a lot of tourists that poses a certain set of challenges. Yeah, you know, you, well, you talked about, we talked about partying and having a good time, and there's always that witching era, if you will. 
uh, whether it's in Las Vegas or here in Napa, I would imagine when bars shut down that that is the prime opportunity for for bar fights to happen or people to get involved in altercations because alcohol starts to flow and they start to get that courage in them. Las Vegas is the same way, about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, even though Las Vegas is a 24-hour town, the alcohol starts to really hit them and decisions, bad decisions happen. Uh, but I think, you know, for, for what I see here in Napa, and it's only been a few weeks, as I see that uh, it's just really showing a presence of law enforcement there. And, it's, and we don't have a, a ton of officers like in Vegas. They have over 300 on the strip at any given time. We're here in, in Napa. We may have six to seven that are working, but we want them in the areas where they're mostly they're high profile, where folks can see them. And then for anyone that's looking to cause harm or do anything bad, they see there's a presence here. And I think just showing that presence and, and really having them interact with the community is, is more important than anything because I think people really enjoy having conversation with police officers. And, and, mm-hmm. and if officers reciprocate that, it makes for an easier time and much more enjoyable time for people. One of the things that uh, you certainly had in Vegas that, that's different here is an awful lot of cameras on the street and yes. in hotels and everywhere else. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I know that uh, the police department had several hundred cameras up and down the strip area. All the hotels have strips or cameras. So cameras are vital to the success of how Las Vegas was able to keep it a safe community. Um, here in Napa, you know, I know there we have some cameras in specific areas. I know uh, that's always been a conversation that, that folks that had in law enforcement here in the Napa community is, is 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 it something that needs to be here? I'm not sure yet. I, the book is out on that, but I think there'll be some time to do some research and see. Uh, because what it does offer for having cameras is it allows people or allows our officers not to be in specific areas, but the cameras are kind of monitoring what's going on in those areas. And then, you know, the dispatchers can say, hey, there's a problem brewing at this corner, in this corner, uh, send a couple units that way. So that way officers can be in other parts of the community and stuff. One of the things you hear, and I'm sure you've heard it already a lot of, with respect to Napa, is downtown and tourism is is one part of Napa and of course all the the communities that surround it and all the locals and all the local needs are another part of it. Talk about that in terms of law enforcement resources and trying to really understand how to triage those as as necessary. You know that's a great question and when I talk to my my staff one of the the conversations I have with them is understanding that what Napa is to the whole entire county if you will this is really the life source of how things kind of produce out of here. I know uh, up valley or out in the ag area, that's where all the wineries and, the, and that occurs. But people recognize Napa as the city of downtown Napa. So by by showing a presence in the peak hours when the most tourists are out and when they see there's law enforcement present, not to be here because there's problems, but just to show folks that this is a safe, safe haven, enjoy your time, have fun. Um, and, and, you know, when you look at Las Vegas, the same same example was Las Vegas, the city of Las Vegas and the Strip specifically generates most of the income for the whole state of Nevada. So if that, sa- if that place isn't safe, then folks won't come there, tourist dollars don't come there, and, and the city doesn't make money or the state doesn't make money. It's the same concept I've tried to share with the officers here is that our presence in the downtown area, interacting with the community, interacting with tourists, is a benefit to not only the police officers, but the community and then the city and county of Napa, I think everyone benefits by having positive interactions with law enforcement. So it's really just to show them that, hey, there's an importance to being here, 
by the same point, not forgetting about the outlying communities, the other the neighborhoods where where uh, businesses aren't in you know the mm-hmm. community, the homes, and, and talk to the the residents and get out of the, get out of your car or just drive when you're driving through. Don't just drive through and wave. Drive through and stop for a second. Have that conversation. You'd be amazed at by just stopping and talking to folks in the communities what you may learn and what problems may be starting to. Um, catch fire that you can get a handle on before it become a big problem. We hear a lot about from the phrase neighborhood policing. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for, from your perspective? Well, you know, we where I come from in Las Vegas, we were really big proponents of that. It was, it was part of our culture and the organization. I know uh, Chief Potter really started to get that going here. And, and what it means to me is, is, one, is basically this, is that the law enforcement community Police department, police officers specifically, are part of the community. We all live in Napa. We all kind of raise our families here in Napa, and beyond just being the uniform, but actually getting out of the car. And I, I talked about getting out of the car, having that interaction, or if you if you go to whether it's a grocery store or go to uh, a gas station, you see people just have a conversation. Um, so for so many times, officers are. are uh, perceived as being rude or not necessarily rude, but unapproachable. And one of the things that when in Las Vegas that I institute is I had officers get out in our high crime areas and actually get out of the car and walk. And that's not unheard of or new to policing, but you got to get guys to buy into it. And once they saw the benefits of that, uh, we saw a dramatic reduction in violent crime. In fact, um, I had a couple officers that would go into the local market and actually bag groceries in the market there and, and build those relationships. Because when people see them bagging groceries, like oh, he's just he's just helping me out. So it's just really about being part of the community. And I think, um, you know, and I know it has neighborhood, but it's really about just being. Yeah. And what does that get you in a community like Napa, where you're not trying to reduce violent crime? Right. I mean, that's not an issue. I mean, there there's right. other things. What does that community policing and that interaction get you in this kind of a community? Well, it gets you a lot of things. You know, right now we have, you know, the homeless is always a topic of discussion. Um, You still have drug issues uh, here in Napa. Um, So by having those relationships with the community, they're more inclined to help you alleviate or help solve problems, solve crime. If they see something occurring, they're not afraid to approach you and say something. So by establishing that relationship where the community understands that the law enforcement officer, the police officer is there to help them and there's not a fear, specifically in Napa, which, which has a high immigration population, mm-hmm. Um, part of the community and policing is really to develop relationships so the Hispanic community, Latino community, is not afraid to interact with law enforcement. And that's something that, that from a law enforcement leader's perspective on down to the, to the line-level officers, they got to realize that there's a certain inherent uh, fear of law enforcement. We have to break those barriers, and we have to be the ones that extend the olive branch to say, hey, we're here with you. We're here to support you. We don't want you to be victimized, and please share if you if you hear about crime. So it's really just reaching out to those those folks that feel under underserved, um, but also not forgetting those that um, um, that need our services on outside of the uh, immigration population. What was it about coming to Napa that that appealed to you to really apply for this job and to, and to pursue it? Well, you know, coming from Las Vegas, uh, 24-hour town, 2.3 plus million people. Um, been there 27 years, so I think I was I wasn't done working. I wasn't I wasn't ready to hang up the uh, the gun belt just yet. I wanted <laughs> to do something more, and me and my wife uh, honeymooned in the area 14 years ago, and uh, she had mentioned that she really liked to retire up here and and grow grapes and just be part of the community because we really enjoyed coming up. We spent a lot of significant uh, life milestones in our our life here: 50th birthday celebrations, retirement celebrations honeymoon and uh so uh when the announcement came out 
it was almost a no-brainer. I just <laughs> told her, and she said, are you putting in? I said, absolutely, and uh, we jumped at the opportunity. And then uh, when we got to the final pick, uh, which happened to be on my birthday, when uh, Mike Parnes called me, it was, it was quite a uh, birthday present. And then we were still pinching ourselves to see if this is really real. What Napa has to offer, different from Las Vegas, is the, is the weather's one is great. But mm-hmm. just like I was mentioning to you earlier when we, when we were talking is that everybody I've come in contact with here in Napa is very friendly, very welcoming. Um, and most of the people don't even know what I do. Until they know what I do, they're still very welcoming and friendly. <laughs> so it's really nice. So it's a real genuine uh, 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 relationship that we're, that, we're, that we're building with people. And me and my wife just really enjoy it. We've been embraced here, so we're, we love it. They were a lot of people that wanted to come here. I think there were originally 67 yes. applicants, mm-hmm. and it narrowed down to six before, before you were picked. What do you think that, that you said or, or did or the experience that you brought to it right. that really brought you to the top? Well, you know, when, when I looked at the announcement, me and my wife kind of joked about it. When you looked at the announcement, it said someone with a, a lengthy law enforcement career, which I have, with various assignments. Um, I've done vice, narcotics, street crimes, gangs, uh, events planning. Um, I've been a captain in area command, captain in bureau, homicide, sex crimes. Um, I did. I created our force investigation team with handle officer-involved shootings, so and motors, traffic. So I had a, a wide range. Everything. Of, yeah, <laughs> pretty much everything except for SWAT. Um, a wider range of, of of skill set, and then um, on top of that, had to come from a tourist destination. Well, what better than Las Vegas? It's the number one tourist destination destination in the world. So it just really seemed like a right fit. And then when I sat down in the panel interviews with different segments of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, the questions they were asking me were questions that, or they were questions they were asking me were things that I've experienced in Las Vegas. Uh, even though it's a big city, but the same problems existed in, in Napa as in Las Vegas as far as establishing a relationship with the community. Um, I have a good track record of doing that. Um, in fact, my last department, I started a baseball league that is still going on with the with the inner city kids, who. It was completely volunteer. We raised all the money, and the kids play without having to pay for anything. And uh, the first year we started with five teams. This year we ended up with twelve teams, and then looking looking to expand it. So, I think when it came down to really being engaged with the community, understanding how to develop a community police relationship, I think that was what set me over the top. I believe because mm-hmm. I've come from that and I've done it, and um, I met all the all the requirements that they have. But I think to um, just being able to interact with the community at all levels uh, has benefited me well. And what do you think the biggest challenge for law enforcement is in, in Napa right now today? Um, you know, I think for us, there's two things. As I look just from a, only being here three weeks, is the first thing is a homeless issue. And it's really it's really not to the degree of, of a, like a San Francisco right. or Oakland. But still, you know, you have a lot of folks that are on the streets. And for citizens who live in a community where, where homelessness is not, is not very readily acceptable, like somewhere like um, San Francisco, if you will, because it, it's a it's a quite a heavy population of homeless. Um, it makes people uncomfortable at times, and I think part of that is from a law enforcement perspective is to work with our our service providers. We have a team with Napa PD that goes out and they interact with the homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Brandon Gardner, and then um, Betty who's our mental health crisis um, uh, person, they both out and they work in these homeless communities and they really interact. We have two officers that also go out there and work with them as well to try and provide resources. And, you know, I tell people all the time, it's not against the law to be homeless and it's not a crime to be crazy. Um, But, you know, 
but it's our job to try and help them the best we can to get them where they need to be. Oftentimes, people don't want assistance, but I think it's working together collectively and collaboratively, trying to figure out what's the best way to just get people into the resources. A lot of times, it's um, it's um, they just don't take the medication or they're not staying up to keep themselves in, in best health. And the second thing would be, uh, I know traffic is always a concern. I mean, just going down here this uh, south here on the, towards the Jameson Canyon is pretty pretty uh pretty backed up right now just coming in this afternoon when I was coming for this uh, interview but beyond that I think really it's just the next step is really working with the youth of uh, today in Napa um, identifying uh, ways to communicate and, and, and attract them to not only the profession because we do need to start hiring and you need to start starting young but also let them know that law enforcement's their friend and that we're not what you see on social media across the country and all these different things that are happening um, here in Napa, you have a police department that really cares about the community and will do whatever we can to make, make them feel inclusive. Now, certainly, as you've said a couple of times, you've only been here a pretty short period right. of time. Mm-hmm. What is your sense in terms of, of both the budget for the department and the resources, the manpower resources right. for the department, and, and are more needed now, are more going to be needed as tourism increases, hotel counts right. increase, et cetera? Well, it's a great question because I just had a conversation with my staff and we were talking about the future needs of the organization. Um, looking, forecasting out five years from now, you know, as we embark on the new Civic Center and the new police headquarters and things that are still in the works, but um, where we stand today, um, we, we don't have enough officers. And I say that not because I need more officers to go out there and do the um, you know, writing a bunch of tickets or taking people to jail for violent crime, but you mentioned tourism. We have a lot of tourist events that come here. We have events every weekend right. that require a lot of resources, and part of that part of that resource is officers. And by having officers out there, it's taking away. They're working a lot more overtime than um, they had in the past because they're trying to make sure that we have officers at these events. Some of these officers are working seven days a week because they're working their regular shift, and they pick up a couple of days of overtime because we need that many officers to fill those those vacancies. So by increasing the staffing of the police department and having those officers available for overtime and special events, the right amount of officers will alleviate from officers having to work such long hours or, or six or seven days a week uh, because it does become a safety issue long term down the road, the health of the officers, the well-being of the officers, officers' families and things like that. Um, plus, you know, there's a lot of programs and ideas that um, that I think by having a few more officers on the streets would help us address certain things, you know, more officers engaged in whether it's traffic or the school resource officers um, or officers that could work really in the downtown core mm-hmm. and really work with business owners and the home, you know, to kind of work with business owners and homeless, homeless advocates. So there's definitely a need. And um, right now we're in the early stages of trying to determine what the, the five-year plan would be. And, and it's not going to be uh, – in five years, hire a bunch. We're going to try and hire a little bit every year, so that way, come the five-year mark, I think we've met our mark and we'll able to provide a service to the community. Talk about the school resource officers. I'm sure that a progress, similar program, probably existed uh, in and around Vegas. And, yeah, and, and the importance of that. Well, you know, you you know, I don't have to tell you about the all the stories, what's in the news about school shootings right. and things like that. You know, and um, you know, it's a, it's a very valuable resource for the schools and. Beyond the safety concerns, it's also an opportunity for these officers to really build a relationship with these kids. 
Um, oftentimes kids are bullied or things are occurring in schools and they may not want to tell their parents or they may not want to tell a teacher. But sometimes if these officers are doing their job right and are doing it the right way, they're able to build relationships with these kids. And some of these kids will feel real comfortable or might even just send them anonymous, hey, this person is doing this. And by having school resource officers in the high schools and middle schools, I think it provides that sense of safety and security for not only the kids but for the parents as well. You know, um, we have people out here that just wish to do harm for no other reason, just the fact that they don't have, um, they don't care about the human, about human beings. They just don't care. And I think by having school resource officers who are trained to understand how to deal with an active assailant inside a school, but also how to communicate with kids at their level, um, because oftentimes as adults or even law enforcement, we talk down to kids. And I think by having school resource officers in the schools, they're able to provide um, that conduit, that liaison, kind of an ambassador, if you will, for the, for these kids mm-hmm. and say, hey, not all cops are bad. And look at this guy. He's working in a school and he, and he does a lot of good things. I, I was just watching this Facebook post of a school resource officer in Southern California. And they did this, they liked him so much that this big response, they got him tickets to a, Miami Dolphins game. It was really, it was really, really refreshing to see that um, if you do it right, you can have a great impact on some of these young people. You know, we were talking about events a little while ago, mm-hmm. and there's certainly a lot of them here from Bottle Rock on down. Right. W- what are your concerns in terms of security for those events coming from a place like Vegas that experienced the worst possible situation yeah, in that regard? You know, um, I just did some, I was just, there. we're having, we're hosting a, uh, tactical dispatch class at Napa Napa Police Station mm-hmm. and I happened to do a presentation for them on the 1 October incident and I kind of showed with them what the gravity of everything that ex- that they experienced and it was, it was very eye-opening for a lot of people um, but the same thing happens can happen here in Napa and I and I try to tell people don't say well this is Napa it won't happen here well you know we put a lot of contingencies in place in Las Vegas not to have that type of event happen we everything we prepared for was at a ground level assault not from someone 32 stories up in a hotel that was going to shoot down and rain a, a gunfire. Um, so, but but the Bottle Rock is a prime example. Outdoor events are, are really big in the United States today. Everyone wants to have them across the world, as a matter of fact. So I think by making sure that when we work with the the uh, the, the, the owners of the, of the events and the planners of that, that we let them know what our concerns are and some of the things to be, be mindful of. And also it's about the officers that are working these events to really have their mind wrapped around what could be the worst case scenario and then being prepared how it respond you know a lot of times when events happen is you could have the best laid plans in the world but how you mitigate those and you and you eliminate the threat as quickly as possible saves a lot of lives and, and reinstills trust in the community that the police department is able to do what they need to do in the time of need so um, part of that part of the discussion we'll have as we have these large events coming up with my officers will be understanding what their role is and how important it is that they're very visible and that they show a presence so that anyone that's looking to do harm uh, thinks twice about it. And talk a little bit about interfacing with working with the other law enforcement agencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a relatively small community right. and there's a lot of interaction with the Sheriff's Department mm-hmm. and with CHP. Right. You know, and for these events, whether it's Bottle Rock or I know the fires were another event or or I know whenever there's a hostage or barricade, we, we partner with the sheriff's office. And, and, and that continuation of working with each other and, and planning and identifying and, and um, developing strategies to address that. You know, one of the better things you do is you do tabletop exercises where you, you put yourself mm-hmm. through these mock situations and how you respond to that. So 
by continuing those healthy relationships and, and really getting that feedback and, and, and understanding what everyone's role is and everyone's capabilities, I think we'll continue to do good things here in Napa. And, and I, I feel real comfortable. I've interacted with Sheriff Robertson a few times and seems like a very great guy to work with. And I think we're going to have a really healthy relationship. What has surprised you the most about Napa so far? Um, relative to your expectations? I think I, I think coming, being so close to the Bay Area, how isolated it is from San Francisco and Oakland that, you know, you don't have this, um, this uh, high um, population of people that um, are looking to cause problems here. You know, I, I, I get alerts all around the, the city of Napa right. of different areas, and I notice there's, you know, all kinds of robberies and thefts and things that are just, you know, whether it's in Vallejo or Oakland or, or San Francisco or even further north up to Vacaville and Fairfield, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't happen here, which is really refreshing because um, we can focus on the important stuff as far as making sure the kids and the community feel safe, um, dealing with the small issues that we have here in the community. So that's been really refreshing for me. How much of that comes, based on you know your law enforcement experience, how much of that comes from the fact that there's no easy way in and out. I mean, there's not a freeway running through, and there's that no, is, especially given traffic, right. the aforementioned, right. there's no easy way in and out. No, that's, that's you're spot on. That is exactly why I think a lot of the problems that happen outside of Napa are because it's not the easiest way to get here, and it's very hard to get out and very difficult, so you would oftentimes be caught as you're leaving because of the bottleneck or the traffic. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus, mm-hmm. and that's something that, that hopefully Napa never loses. And, and keeps that the small mindset but embraces the the tourism aspects of things because i think uh, once you open up the roads and you make it so easy for folks to come here i think that's when you'll start to see more problems and finally talk a little bit about you know your research you're looking into now and and, mm-hmm. and understanding a little bit about its history just recently how it's changed how it's gone from kind of a small town to yeah. uh, a major world-class destination yeah you know i did you know like i said we tra- we traveled here 14 right. years ago and it wasn't much pretty here. different was, 14 was, years was, ago yeah i mean a lot of these things it was really just a place to stay we stayed in the hennessy house and uh, we that was our launching pad, and we would go to different vineyards up valley, but there wasn't much downtown. There wasn't a whole lot for us to experience. And then and then doing my research, you know, I realized that what Napa has to offer uh, is what Vegas was 20, 30, 40 years ago, a small community that, that you know, in, in retrospect, Vegas was a 300,000 resident community, but didn't have, it just had gaming and people came there. And then you know, you get corporations, they made it large. But what Napa has is a, it's a small community where everyone really understands the value of being nice to each other and treating each other. I know there's a march this past Saturday called Be Kind. I thought that right. was a, what a great way to, to kind of uh, make people think about being kind to one another. But what uh, what Napa has uh, for us, for me and my wife, and, and uh, for the rest of this community, I think, is it's the ability for people to really enjoy talking to the neighbors, being out and about, and not getting caught up in um, – Worrying about the, the, the crime or worrying about leaving your doors unlocked. I mean, although I would recommend you don't, but right. still, I mean, you you can sleep at night knowing that your neighborhood is very safe and there's officers out there working. And the fact that Napa is now being considered, you know, a, a very Euro, um, national tourist destination worldwide, uh, that says a lot about Napa and what the city founders have done and what the politicians are doing. There's there's obviously a lot of, lot of things to to address that go with that as far as housing issues and and rooms and, and the amount of money that costs and taxes and uh, but I think you know the right people in place will figure that out and, and make Napa a, a 
destination that people want to come to. Well, welcome to Napa. Napa's new police chief, Robert Plummer. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.